This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Visit bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts. listening to the 2020 Bass Pro Tournament of Champions recap show, a special episode of the Missouri Sports Podcast, brought to you by 106 Apparel and recording from the Revel Advertising Studio in beautiful Springfield, Missouri. I'm one of your hosts, Cameron Albert, alongside my good friend and fellow Mizzou fan, Kyle DeVries. Once again, Kyle, we are recording this after our normal episode. People should definitely go listen to that. We talked about the Chiefs Super Bowl. We talked about how miserable Missouri basketball is right now and uh, we laughed at the Kansas Jayhawks a little bit so that was fun uh, other than that uh, how are you doing Kyle I'm great how are you Cameron I'm doing very well I think uh, we had a really fun time at the tournament of champions can't wait to talk about it a little bit uh, some of our favorite moments from the tournament and we'll see who uh, predicted the most accurate bracket spoiler alert it was not me spoiler alert does anyone have my bracket <laughs> Because I have no idea where it is, but I bet I can remember who I picked, so that'll be just as good, right? That'll be just as good. Also, it won't matter because Producer Cameron dominated the bracket game. Hey, congrats. Uh, let's start it off by just uh, talking about the opening round. Uh, the first game of the tournament was Vashon from St. Louis against Christ the King from New York. And we talked about in the pre-tournament show that we thought this would be a close game. It was not at all. Vashon uh, dominated, and they won 69 to 33. And it looked like, even though we knew they were playing Oak Hill in the next round, they looked really good. And I thought, and I don't know, it just impressed me. I thought maybe they could hang with Oak Hill at least for a little bit. Yeah, I definitely think that Vashon exceeded my expectations for how good they were. Um, and I would say I didn't know a whole lot about Christ the King coming in, but we, we knew they probably didn't have as much star power as they're used to having. But they probably weren't quite as good as I thought they might be. So, like you said, this game was not close really at all. And we all had uh, we all had Vashon winning though. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just thought it would be I, I don't know. I thought it was more of a toss up than it was. Uh, next game was Oak Hill against Kickapoo. Oak Hill, we thought maybe they could win that one by fifty, but Kickapoo played really well. And uh, a lot of credit to Anton Brookshire yeah. who showed that he can play with anybody because this is you know, arguably a top three uh, high school basketball team in the country in right. Oak Hill with multiple, you know, I think like six guys that are going to go D1. Mm-hmm. And uh, Kickapoo, it was a game. I mean, I never felt like Oak Hill was just running away with it. I, I also never felt like Oak Hill was really putting their, pedal, putting their foot on the pedal and, you know, trying to run away with it. Right. It definitely – um, looked as if they came out kind of flat and just kind of knew that they could sleepwalk through it. And I actually uh, talked to uh, someone who had interviewed Oak Hills coach uh, the day before the tournament started. And he was kind of asking him like, how do you prepare for, you know, a team that you don't know much about? And um, the coach just straight up was like, yeah, I, I honestly don't have any film on this team and we're just kind of, we're going to go play our hardest. We're winging it. We're going to wing it essentially is what he meant. So uh, and you could tell that's kind of what they were doing. And uh, at the end of the game, when Kickapoo was really in it, in the, uh, you know, at the, in the fourth quarter, uh, Oak Hill, I think, kind of decided, all right, let's just 
put it into this and and they very much did that it, i think it ended up being like a double digit win for them but i think kickapoo got within like three or four didn't they yeah in the fourth quarter yeah yeah they, they played really well and and we knew that kickapoo likes to play fast and they probably will just play fast no matter what even if they're getting blown out so we thought that they really could get blown out big but brookshire is a great player man he he really showed he can he can hang with the best the other local team, Greenwood, then played Paul Six, Paul the Sixth. I don't know how you say that actually. Uh, from Fairfax, Virginia, and uh, Amina Muhammad did his thing, put up big numbers, but they were just completely overmatched, and they lost eighty to fifty-four. And it kind of looked like maybe we would get that local team matchup in the seventh place game, but we did not. We'll get to that in a minute. But Paul the Sixth looked really good, and I think. I had them penciled into the championship game. I actually thought they could beat Oak Hill, um, but obviously that didn't quite happen, but they looked really good, and they, I think, were clearly the second-best team in this tournament, although it would have been really interesting to see them go up against Vashon uh, with how the tournament ended up. I think that would have been a really um, really close game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Paul Six was super, super talented, and... Aminu Muhammad was exactly what we hoped to see. He scored 100 points for the whole tournament in three games, so that's an average of 33.3 points. Yeah, and only like the fifth player to ever do that. Right, and so it's tough to know, you know, if he had some better players in his team, what would this team look like? He probably wouldn't be putting up these kind of points if he didn't have to, but he is truly their, about their only weapon that can compete against uh, this caliber of team. So... Uh, Muhammad was incredibly impressive. I had not seen him play before, even though I'm from Springfield. Um, but he definitely lived up to the expectation. And then rounding out the uh, first day, we had Greensboro Day School losing to Booker T. Washington from Tul- Tulsa, Oklahoma, 54-50. Uh, to 50. Uh, This was Bryce Thompson's first game of the tournament. And uh, he wasn't uh, overwhelming, I would say, but uh, he got the job done. Uh, did have a pretty nice scoring average for the tournament. We'll touch back on that in a little bit. But uh, let's go ahead and move on to the second round because that was uh, some more competitive games across the slate and a couple surprises. So first of all, Kickapoo trying to stay out of that seventh place game. They couldn't quite do it. They did lose to Christ the King in the second round, 71-66. to Although Anton Brookshire didn't quite match his performance in the first game but he still came out and performed well and they just didn't quite have enough I honestly thought Kickapoo was going to win this game Um, I I didn't pick them before the tournament started but watching both of these teams play in the first round I thought Kickapoo was going to win this game on day two yeah I thought so too but they didn't Yeah, I, I think Brookshire, he, I think he probably had his best game of his entire season that first night of the tournament, and I still think he's a fantastic player. I think he's going to probably be a good college player too, um, but he really shot lights out in that first game. And uh, But, I mean, he, he got some, some nice college interest, uh, potentially maybe some offers coming his way um, after, after that performance. And I think uh, who was the Christ the King coach, who they're, fr- they're from New York. Right. He was saying, you know, if, if this kid, Brookshire, was from New York, he'd be blowing up right now. And he said, he said he's probably the best guard that they played this yeah. season. So that that's that's pretty uh, huge compliment to Brookshire. And, and he's just a junior, so he's got a whole other year to go before he's 
getting serious about his his college choice. And then a bit of a mild upset uh, in the second round in the consolation side of things. Uh, Greenwood beat Greensboro Day 61 to 57. And Amina Muhammad obviously carrying the majority of the load there, but uh, prevented the local team seventh place game that usually or often happens in the Tournament of Champions. Once again, he looked really good. And I kind of. I wished that Kickapoo would have won just so that we could have seen that matchup in the fifth place game because um, it would have been a rematch of uh, the blue and gold championship game of whichever division they were in. And Greenwood won that game and placing better in the tournament of champions, I think that just shows that even though they're a class two team and they're just Greenwood laboratory school with a tiny student population, they're probably the best team in this area. Yeah. I mean, take out probably take out Kansas City and St. Louis. Uh, Rockbridge definitely is down this year after losing their three seniors last year. I would take Aminu Muhammad and Greenwood against all but maybe five or six teams in the state mm-hmm. of Missouri. Yeah, he uh, Aminu Muhammad is truly that good. And he can score at any level. He can distribute he can i mean his his shot is so pure and has great handle he can i I honestly don't know how good he is on the defensive end it's kind of tough to know it really until they get to where they're going in college but offensively clearly he has everything in the toolbox you could possibly want uh really exciting semifinal game was next uh vashon up against oak hill and i this was i mean this was a, a closer game than the championship game ended up being. Vashon only lost by five, 56 to 51. I was really impressed with them in this game. Uh, let me pull up the final stats from this one to see who uh, contributed the most there. And they came out a little slow. If they would have come out of the gates a little better, they might have real, had a real shot to win this one. Well, one thing that made a big difference in this one was the fact that um, Sibley, a uh, big man for Oak Hill, uh, one of their starting five. He went down fairly early in this one with an arm injury. Looked like probably a broken bone in a forearm wrist area. Yeah, I think he was in a sling the rest of the I tournament. I think they confirmed he broke his forearm. Yeah. So he was out uh, for the majority of this game, and it really, I mean, it made Oak Hill a, a lot smaller team because they're not, they don't have, you know, monsters down low like they sometimes have when they're in this tournament. And so that really helped Vashon a lot. And Cam Fletcher, uh, he had he was not super efficient. Uh, took 28 shots to get there, but he did end up with 28 points and 13 rebounds, uh, far and away leading his team. Uh, there were only four other players that scored a point, mm-hmm. all single digits. So yeah, and he he kind of started out slow like the rest of the team, but he really turned it on in the second half. I think I even remember. I don't know if I said this out loud or if I was just thinking it, but I was a little bit underwhelmed by his performance. And uh, but he really came along in the second half, and he he, he definitely impressed me. He started kind of making shots from the outside and um, kind of driving to the basket and showing that he's not just a catch it down low and dunk it kind of player. So um, he's super athletic, and he he definitely showed what he's made of in the second half of that game. And Vashon, the main thing that kept them in it was their rebounding. I mean, they out-rebounded Oak Hill by 15. Wow. And 
Um, another player for Vachon had nine to go along with Fletcher's 13 boards. So uh, they were definitely cleaning up the glass. And I think maybe, I don't know, I just really would have liked to see what would happen if Vachon played Paul the six because Vachon looked like in this game that they were potentially the second best team in this tournament. And if seeding was a little bit different from the beginning, maybe they would have been in the championship. Then we had Booker T. Washington uh, against Paul the six. Obviously, we know uh, Booker T. Washington lost that one. Uh, that sent Paul the six to the championship game. Uh, the final score of that semifinal one was 74 to 60. Um, it seemed like Bryce Thompson didn't really have much to work with as far as his teammates win. Mm -hmm. um, they have a guard named Phipps who's going to Oklahoma. He could definitely shoot it well, but uh, they Paul Six is known for their guard play. They had it in this one. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of your favorite uh, players from the tournament, Trevor Keels, he just was a handful for every team that they played. And we'll talk about him a little bit more when we talk about our favorite players of the tournament. But Booker T. Washington didn't really have an answer for him. And they just kind of struggled offensively and never really, I mean, they just looked outmatched in every single way. Yeah, I, I agree. And that's kind of the, the theme for a lot of the teams in the tournament is they've got like one really great player and just a, a bunch of dudes outside of that, well, that one player. But Obviously, Paul Six has is very well rounded team, especially comparatively to the rest of the teams in the tournament. But um, yeah, Bryce Thompson, when he gets to college, he may not be a super high scoring guard. He might be kind of a dis distributing point guard, and I think he you know has to be that scoring guard for the team he's currently on. And against good competition, it's just going to be tough for for them to overcome that. And that was pretty obvious in this game that they were pretty limited. So that set up. Oak Hill and Paul Six in the championship game. So going to day three, uh, it started out with the seventh place game. Uh, that was Greensboro Day and Kickapoo. I don't know. I don't know how Kickapoo just kind of came out flat in this one, and they lost three games in this tournament, like so many local teams have done before them. So that was kind of disappointing. I thought they had a good chance again, uh, two games in a row where I thought. They kind of disappointed on, in with opponents that I thought they were as talented as and could beat potentially, but it did not happen in that one. So they took home seventh place. Uh, Greenwood, again, uh, kind of following Kickapoo's lead, couldn't close the deal in the fifth place game against Christ the King. That was actually a pretty good game, and uh, Aminu Muhammad showed up and did his thing again, but again, they couldn't quite get it done. So that one was 71 to 67. Then in the third place game, Vashon brought, brought it again. They showed up. They played really well. They took home third place. And with the championship game, I'll go ahead and skip to that, but then I'll double back to Vashon because I got a couple things I want to say there. Uh, Oak Hill won 72 to 57. So that was their fourth Tournament of Champions championship. They're now, I believe, 12-0 in the tournament. But uh, going back to the third-place game a little bit, I was really impressed with Vachon throughout the whole tournament. They obviously have Cam Fletcher, who was really good, but then uh, a kid that I voted for for the all-tournament team, Nicholas Kern, he didn't make the, the tournament team, but in the third-place game, he had 20 points and six rebounds, and he's just a junior, and a lot of people in the St. Louis area are really high on him and think that he could be special and 
he's going to be a leader for them next year and hopefully have some D1 offers um, off the back of his senior season. So uh, he's a guy to keep an eye on in the St. Louis area. And just overall, I was really impressed with Vashon. They were probably my favorite team to watch in the tournament just because we knew some of the names and uh, they were sort of an underdog in a couple of games. So I was it was really fun to watch them. Uh, Kobe Clark is a guy for Vashon that may potentially have some uh, have a potential to play college basketball at a pretty high level. What did you think about him in this tournament? I was kind of disappointed with him overall. I think he's asked to do a lot for their team. Um, he's handling the ball sometimes. He can shoot from three, but he's a, a big guard at like six five, six six, and uh, he was bringing the ball up some. And their more like traditional point guard was playing off the ball. And I don't know. It just seemed like maybe he, the coach in one of the interviews talked about how he was taking his performance. He was judging himself pretty harshly. And he was inefficient scoring in that first game. Um, and after the game, the coach, like I said, he was saying that uh, he didn't want to talk to the, the press because he thought he played bad. Mm -hmm. And even though he did the other things that helped them win, rebounding, uh, getting some assists, a couple block shots, I don't know. I think he's he's pretty raw and definitely a guy that could develop into a solid Division One uh, contributor. It does say something that he hasn't committed anywhere. This is his senior year. So he's definitely trying to generate some interest um, from his senior season playing. I don't know. I, I didn't see too much to get incredibly excited about. I was, like I alluded to, I was more excited for the junior, uh, Nick Kern. But definitely a guy that if you don't have very high expectations for at the college level could develop into a contributor, I think. Sure. Yeah, I'm not sure I see him playing at the Power 5 level, but, you know, you never know. And, and you're right that he, he did a lot of things outside of scoring. He didn't he didn't score a whole lot, but still kind of stuffed the, sh the uh, stat sheet with other things. And, uh, and Nicholas Kern is, is also intriguing to watch. It's going to be int intriguing to see what he does be because next year they're going to lose a couple guys. He's going to have to step up. So um, he'll definitely be somebody to keep an eye on as well. Missouri State is on Kobe Clark's radar, though, I believe. And uh, mm -hmm. the head coach was asked how he liked coming to Springfield and playing, and he said he really liked it. So that was kind of all I heard about that specifically. And he definitely took a back seat in this tournament to uh, Cam Fletcher and then just not scoring much, uh, didn't get recognized for the all-tournament team or anything like that. So kind of a quiet tournament for uh, Kobe Clark, but definitely a bright future for him. Uh, talking about the championship game, though, I was disappointed. Uh, obviously, sometimes you get those just like shootouts and like really close games and it comes down to the wire. We've had buzzer beaters before to win uh, the, the whole tournament. Um, Oak Hill was just a better team and they kind of flipped that switch like we were talking about when they played Kickapoo and they just were scoring at will. They were scoring in transition. That was a big thing we noticed in this tournament as a whole was a lot of teams were scoring half their points in transition off of steals. Yeah, I was like blown away by that. And maybe I just don't watch a whole lot of high school basketball. Maybe I've been watching too much Missouri basketball. But yeah, it, I was just so surprised by literally the plan for every offensive possession is just as soon as you get the ball, just inbound it as quickly as you, as you can. And like it, sometimes the guard would be almost a half court, like when he's receiving the inbounds pass because yeah. he's just like sprinting down the court to try to beat the defense down. And I mean, it was honestly pretty successful for a lot of teams. Yeah, pretty much every turnover or just defensive rebound, mm -hmm. they were 
almost every team was trying to score in transition off of yeah it, this shot exactly it made that's it made scoring even that much more important because it just gave your defense a few more seconds to get back and get prepared for what they were going to bring offensively uh one thing that i did notice in the championship was oak hill switched to his own defense and that seemed to give paul six some trouble and the coach mentioned that being a, a key uh, to them pulling off the the championship victory in the post-game press conference and I think that just kind of shows the caliber of Oak Hill's program that they're able to, uh, obviously he was watching Paul six play on Thursday and Friday and just to game plan that quickly for a team and just figure out a way to use your talent to the best of their ability. I mean, that's why he's, you know, been coaching there forever and will never need to coach anywhere else because he's in a pretty good spot there at Oak Hill. But I was just impressed with their ability to just get the job done. I mean, you'd think these players coming in every year, they haven't been a part of these other championship teams, but they know that Oak Hill's never lost a game in this tournament. Do they start to think, and what is this tournament? I mean, is this just the right. the Oak Hill Invitational where we just come and beat everybody every time we're here? Mm-hmm. And although that has been the case, there are teams in these fields that are capable of beating them if they have an off day and they just did definitely did not for the championship. Right. And I mean, when you look at the teams on paper, you see like six or seven guys from Oak Hill that are all going to have very bright futures playing basketball. And you look at the rest of the teams and there's like one, maybe two guys that are, you know, going to play college basketball. And so if they look at the tournament from that view, which they may have on the first night, they're thinking, okay, we can probably sleepwalk through this, but I think their coach probably prepared them pretty well for for the weekend. I mean, he's they've been to this tournament like you said four times now, and he was just incredibly complimentary of the tournament and the caliber of the teams that play in it. Um, he just like top to bottom, just the way they were they were treated and the 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 fun times they had, as well as the caliber of basketball that they played. Um, he was incredibly complimentary of it all. That was a cool thing that I actually saw from there was a little montage of a lot of different players and coaches talking about. Of course, it's the Bass Pro Tournament of Champions, so Bass Pro treated all the teams to uh, a trip to the new Wonders of Wildlife Museum and Aquarium, and a lot of players mentioned that that was really cool, and that is something that it's it's good to hear every year that the players and coaches realize how valuable the experience is for their team to get to come do this. Mm-hmm. And of all the teams, for Oak Hill and their staff to acknowledge how, how great it is, that that just makes you feel really good as far as someone who enjoys the event mm-hmm. and wants it to be successful. Yeah. And just as Missouri and Springfield people in general, right. like we just, it's just cool to have um, a great event every year here in, in the city. And um, it, it truly is special seeing the players experience that, that championship game and how it's a, it's a packed arena. There's yeah. 10,000 fans that are just cheering loudly uh, for these players that they really probably don't even know much about. And it's just, you know, f- fans that really appreciate basket- good basketball. And um, I-, I noticed some of the Oak Hill players were getting pretty pretty pumped up, you know, in the pregame whenever the, the crowd was getting pretty rowdy and they were playing like a little kind of a tournament summary pump-up video before mm-hmm. the championship game started and they were getting ready to announce the starting lineups. And the Oak Hill players were genuinely looked like they were super excited and all smiling and everything. So it was just cool to see. And that atmosphere there that you're talking about is a little bit manufactured. Sure. But the crowd buys in immediately. Mm-hmm. They're like, okay, we're going to, we're going to pump you up here and create a, a really cool atmosphere. And like you said, it's not because, you know, there's a great rooting interest in the Oak Hill 
Paul Six matchup. It's just because they want to see good basketball and want to showcase the event for how cool it is, and I think it's done perfectly. Now let's look at our brackets real quick. Um, I believe, Kyle, you and I had the same opening round. Mm -hmm. uh, we were perfect in the opening round. I got the two semifinal games correct, but you predicted Booker T. Washington. You maybe thought Bryce Thompson was going to carry them a little bit further than he was able to because mm -hmm. you had them uh, in the championship game losing to Oak Hill, I believe. Yep. Um, that didn't quite happen. I had Paul Six winning the whole thing. Just, I don't know, I kind of thought maybe... You know, surely Oak Hill's not just going to roll through the tournament again, you know, 12-0. and 0. Uh, I should have just went with the favorite because that's what happened. Um, but where I couldn't get anything going is in the consolation side of the bracket. And producer Cameron just cleaned it up because I think you had, like, all but one of the uh, consolation matchups perfect. Yeah. Well, because I picked Greensboro over Booker T the first day. And that was where I went wrong there. But then you had uh, you had Greenwood. But I I had Greenwood beating Booker T. They beat Greensboro, but right. I still get that. Um, you had Christ the King winning the consolation bracket. Yes. Wow, that really worked out for you, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Nobody, everybody saw that coming. So I think you had like ten correct uh, matchups picked. Uh, yeah. And I I had six maybe and Kyle was probably, probably right something around there like that yeah. because we had a pretty similar bracket so uh, producer Cameron definitely won that challenge uh, we were making fun of him a little bit because <laughs> he had Booker T Washington in the seventh place game but uh, they ended up in the third place game but other than that I mean almost a perfect bracket there hope you can carry that momentum over into uh, March Madness in a, in a couple months oh yeah Kyle's a, favorite time of year. There's a reigning champion it's true. Uh, that needs to be brought down. We'll see if you guys can are up to the challenge. Um, I think we'll finish things off here by just talking about some of our uh, favorite players or players that we want to spotlight. We did get to vote, of course, in the all-tournament team. Um, our list looked pretty similar. Uh, I think we all picked Aminu Muhammad for tournament MVP. Mm -hmm. And that's uh, he didn't end up winning. Cam Thomas from Oak Hill ended up winning. And that was definitely a deserved win. Um, however, if you really, there's always, when you talk about MVP votes, there's always the definition of most valuable player. And I think that's what got Amina Muhammad a lot of votes is because not only would Greenwood not be in this tournament if it weren't for him, they, I mean, I, I should say not only would they have lost every game, they would not even be close to being in this tournament. Oh yeah, for sure. I, I picked him as MVP because of that reason and... I genuinely felt like he he could have been the best player in the tournament, yeah. just like straight up. Yeah, as and a junior and uh, a tournament stacked with, you know, top fifty seniors. Yeah, I think he was the best player. Yeah, mm -hmm. with I mean, there's a guy from Paul Six going to Duke. Cameron Fletcher's going to Kentucky. I mean, there's truly some of the best recruits in the nation, and I felt like Muhammad was was as good or better. Yeah. Um, is there anybody, producer Cameron, that you want to spotlight that was maybe your favorite guy to watch during the tournament? It was really fun watching Anton Brookshire play against Oak Hill in the first round, especially because since Oak Hill is such a high-caliber team, and he just – Brookshire went and put on a show. Yeah, he, had, when he was just making shots. Yeah, he had 33 points. He had like seven threes. Um, it was just fun to watch a guy, a local guy, um, kind of go off in a game against such a high-caliber team. Yeah. 
it, it still shocks me that they lost all three games that they played in because I felt like he was, you know, right there at the top of the list of performers in this tournament. Yeah, I mean, other than Greenwood, the other two teams they played outside of Oak Hill were probably the two other worst teams. Yeah, yeah, they definitely had opportunities to win and to pick up a win or two. I enjoyed watching Trevor Keels from Paul Six because um, he just brought something a little bit different than the rest of the tournament. And we, and we talked about this on the preview that a lot of the best players in the tournament, it was pretty guard heavy. And so a lot of them were, you know, smaller, skinnier guys who were just kind of shooting a lot of threes and stuff, which Trevor Keels did that too. But he was a little bit bigger guy. He's, you know, probably 6'4", six, 6'5", six, but he was a little heftier. So he's kind of a bully down low. And so he was just kind of scoring from wherever he wanted to. He was scoring down low, but he also shot threes a lot, and he was efficient from three. So he averaged almost 20 a game. So I, I, I enjoyed watching him. I thought he just brought a different element to the game for, for Paul Six than really other, any other team had. Another junior as well. Hmm. So he's got a little bit of time before he makes a college commitment. But, yeah, any team that, that gets him, it looks like he, he might stay in the uh, ACC. But uh, any team that gets him is going to be really lucky. Um, I thought watching Cam Thomas for Oak Hill in the championship game was really special because he just kind of showcased his scoring ability that I don't think any other player in this tournament had. And it seems like Oak Hill always has this guy that's like a, a big guard who can just, you know, score at ease. Um, and last year it was, uh, Keldon Johnson who went to Kentucky uh, another time it was Dwayne Bacon and this guy Cam Thomas really reminded me of Dwayne Bacon uh, he didn't attempt as many threes as Bacon did when he almost put up a hundred points in in the tournament but he just kind of had these like floating these two pointers where he's just like floating through the lane sideways and he would just drain it and it was about like a eight to ten foot shot and it was just money and every time Oak Hill needed a basket. He would just kind of lose his defender, get into the lane, and score, and in a way that nobody else in this tournament was doing. Yeah, he was really fun to watch. There was definitely some like, holy cow, kind of yeah. moments so, like in that championship game, and most of them were from some of the things he was doing. Yeah, it wasn't like uh, he was getting a breakaway monster dunk or anything like that, or a big block. He was just like silky smooth, yeah, just, just maneuvering the yeah, lane so losing well, his defender, you know, so easily and. Unfortunately, he's committed to LSU, and I'm just not looking forward to him being in the SEC. Uh, I hope for his sake and uh, the rest of the SEC that he's a one-and-done so that he doesn't stick around because he, he kind of looks like maybe, you know, he's that almost fringe five-star guy. He's 25th in his class, so not, you know, exploding in the recruiting rankings, so not a guaranteed one-and-done. However, he could go to LSU and just light it up and then and then be gone, but... I think he, he's prototypical NBA size for a two guard. So, yeah, not not necessarily looking forward to playing him next year. What do you think of uh, of Cam Fletcher? We talked about him just a little bit earlier. Obviously, Mizzou fans are familiar with him, um, and we'll see him again in uh, in the SEC next year. He's going to a Kentucky team though that's stacked with uh, recruits. And I don't know, did you see anything that made me that made you think he would rise above the rest? Uh, honestly, not really. Um, not at a place like Kentucky, uh, just because everybody in their team is just coming from that exact mold. Like everybody that's just super high ceiling, super talented. 
players from all across the country. Um, I'm honestly a, a little bit surprised that he was made a priority at Kentucky. Um, but, you know, it, these guys are professional scouts, you know. They know what they're looking for. He's a super high ceiling kind of player. He's explosive. Um, he looks like he's got the ability to to shoot and score from all levels. You know, he, he did it a little bit in this tournament, but he's going to have to do it a lot better to, you know, crack a consistent rotation at Kentucky, in my opinion. The way he rebounded in this tournament, though, against um, top-tier competition made me, I guess, hopeful for him that he can maybe carve out a role, maybe even as a freshman if he's just, you know, consistently on the boards every night, mm-hmm. getting, you know, near double-digit rebounds consistently. Yeah. I think that could definitely be his role as a freshman. Yeah, that'll probably be the the most logical path for him to find playing time is just to play hard and clean up the boards. And, and that's what we end up saying a lot about, you know, freshmen that are, you know, playing the three or the four is just kind of get those hustle points. You're not going to most likely have a huge role in your freshman season, especially at a place like Kentucky. Well, I guess there are a lot of them are freshmen. Unless you're like top 10. I guess I should have said that. Yeah. So, um, but you never know. Um, he, he, if, if he develops and kind of comes into his body a little bit and just starts shooting, shooting better and you never know. All right. Uh, last question that I have for you, Kyle, is do you think, okay, so Ma- Aminu Muhammad is a junior. He d- will not have a tie to Springfield uh, next season because his older brother will not, will have graduated from Missouri State. And he could not, ne- he doesn't necessarily need it, but he could, uh, a little bit more exposure could help him in recruiting. Now, he may make a decision before his senior year even starts, but uh, if he wanted to, I think he could pretty easily fit into a Oak Hill or a Montverde uh, Academy that we've seen in this tournament before. Um, first, do you think he'll finish his high school career at Greenwood? And then um, what do you think are the chances that we see him again next year in this tournament with an academy team? I'm going to say that he does not finish <laughs> at Greenwood. And it, that would be weird to see him in the tournament with a different team next year. It's very possible. Um, I think he should go somewhere else and get more exposure because I think he's just kind of shown wh- what he can do at this point. Where, when, with his, um, with what's, re- what's around him at this point. Um, so I think he needs to show that he can continue to score um, on a better team whenever he's not being relied upon as much as he is. And um, if he can prove that he can continue to score consistently with, with better players around him, I think he really could blow up. I, I, I think right now his recruitment's just kind of flying on the radar a little bit. And I think what like he's kind of a Maryland lean right now, which is still a great program. But I truly think he's good enough to play at the Kentuckys and the Dukes of the world for sure if, if he uh, – just continues to, to show that he can score like he's been doing. Yeah, I'm going to make a, a prediction based on not much, but I think that there's a pretty good chance that he ends up at Duke when it's all said and done. I think he's the type of player that can lead a team as a freshman deep into the NCAA tournament just because of consistency and just raw talent. And I think you're right that, you know, when you're, you're going to win, he's in all likelihood going to be a state champion as a sophomore. And then most likely this year as a junior, he was Gatorade 
player of the year in the state of Missouri as a sophomore, most likely will be again as a junior, won the blue and gold tournament, which his team hosts, that's the showcase for the Springfield area teams, won a game in the tournament of champions. That's one of the best high school tournaments in the country against teams from all over the place and outscored everybody by like 30 points yeah and yeah, yeah he'll be in the yeah. record books of exactly. this tournament forever what else can he do at this point right except go to a team that's going to be you know going up against uh the proper level of competition every every game and show what you can do there although does he really need to i think it would be be best for his development you know, to go up against uh, tougher competition. But when you're a five-star and you're top 15 in your class, people know who you stop are. stop the scouts from finding you. True. And he plays AAU ball on a on a, a top-tier team in the EYBL circuit. So exposure won't be a problem. But I think if he wants to be a one-and-done, then maybe a little bit of development would be helpful. I agree. Doesn't matter, though. He was still, as a junior, uh, one of the most fun players to watch in any tournament of champions that we've ever had. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, w- it was a good weekend for sure. Um, really enjoyed it. Uh, was there all three days, and um, it's just a great event, like we've said, and already looking forward to it next year. Yeah, uh, we'll find out the slate of teams in the spring. Mm-hmm. So they always announce that, and it gets me excited to get to start doing a little research and stuff. So, uh, Although with some of the oak hills of the world their rosters can change a little bit but yeah looking forward to it already um thanks for uh uh, following along with us this tournament and if you are a mizzou fan or interested in uh, mizzou football or basketball at all you can listen to our normal podcast it's uh weekly where we cover the week's news as well as recap and preview the upcoming games for the missouri tigers kyle will you let them know where they can find us absolutely you can find us on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. We're on Twitter, at Mizzou Sports Pod, and you can email us at MissouriSportsPod at gmail.com. And you can find me on Twitter at C underscore Albert 08. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We'll see you next year.